With the roster the Atlanta Braves have put together, they for sure will be one of the best teams in all of baseball in 2023. But how good did the projection systems think the Atlanta Braves will be? We'll discuss that on today's episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out my website, shortstopball.com, where you can see some of my written work. Please, if you would, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter, Lockdown underscore Braves. I'll send out comments and questions there from time to time that I'll include on the podcast. If you're new and watching on YouTube, do me a favor, subscribe, hit that thumbs up button to help support the show. And as always, thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all platforms. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. On today's podcast, we're going to take a look at some of the projections out there. We'll look at the Bakota projections for wins, look at some other system values who have the Braves win total out there, and I'll give you my predictions as well, how many games I think the Braves will win this season. We'll also get into some player projections. I'm going to get some of your player projection and win totals as well, and then we'll discuss Tuesday's game, which was a rough start for Ian Anderson as he looks to try to win that fifth starter spot. Well, let's start by looking at Pakoda's projections and win projections. Pakoda, uh, the projection system a lot of people look to uh, when, when putting together their projections for the season, and they do a pretty good job unless you're a Braves fan, and they regularly pick the Braves not to finish first in the NLEs, which is fine. Um, we are certainly comfortable with that scenario. Just re- quickly want to talk about the way the Pakoda projection system works. It's a and this is straight from their website, but it's a system that takes a player's past performance and tries to pro- project the most likely outcome for the following season, and then looks at all the numbers and all the numbers then make up um, the numbers for each player, and they run that through a system several times, and then they get a wide range of results, and then they take the average of those results so again a lot that goes into it to come up with these projections it's fun it's early season you know material to talk about but i think it does give a good indication of what the braves should be obviously this is baseball things got to play out but it just i think these projections when we go through and we'll show you this should be a very good and fun braves team in 2023 Their latest projections have the Braves finishing with 91 wins, five games behind the New York Mets in the NL East. So they are very high on the Mets, and they have the Phillies at 90 wins. So Braves just one game ahead of the Phillies. So you look at the Bakota projections, they kind of heavily favor the Mets, and they put the Braves and the Phillies kind of on the same level, where I think a lot of other outlets will kind of group the Mets and Braves together with the Phillies somewhat of a tier behind them. So very interesting to see those projections. Braves at 91 wins 
on the season. This is as of February 28th. Their projections do update uh, frequently. So, but right now they have the Braves projected to win 91 games. Now this would make the Braves the second wild card team as well, which would have them on the road to start the postseason in San Diego against the Padres, while the Brewers are only projected to win 88 games would host the 90 win Phillies. So interesting scenario there, but obviously want to try to avoid playing on the road in that first series. If you can FanDuel, sponsor of the show, obviously has set their over under for Braves wins at 95 and a half. I think that's a really, really good number. They have the Mets over under at 94 and a half and the Phillies at 88 and a half. So they more so favor the Braves in the NL East this year. And then fan graphs of projection system. I think a lot of people are starting to gravitate towards fan graphs. They did a great job over there with all their projections. We'll get into their zips projections uh, here in a minute, but they project the Braves. And maybe I'm saying that maybe I'm trying to. To, to beef up the fan graphs projections because they're so high on the Braves, but they project the Braves to have the highest winning percentage of any team in 2023, uh, 2023 with a 93 and 69 record, obviously very conservative with their projections. There'll be a lot of teams who, who have more than 93 wins. And I think it probably takes more than 93 wins to win the NL East. They have the Mets with the fourth most wins at 91 and 71, so two games behind the Braves. And then they have the Phillies with the 10th best record at 85 and 77. The top 10 teams that the by according to fan graphs are Braves, Yankees, Padres, Mets, Astros, Blue Jays, Rays, Dodgers, Cardinals, and Phillies. So just kind of interesting to look at there. Now, as far as my projected win total for the Braves, if you've listened to the podcast the last couple of weeks, I've given it to you already, but I'm going to stamp my official 2023 projected win total for the Atlanta Braves at 97 wins. I know that's less than last year, but I think it's still going to be enough to win this division. I'm very curious to see how the new schedule plays out in all of this and we talked about the new balance schedule yesterday if you haven't listened to that make sure you go back and give that a listen but i'm very curious to see how that plays out and if the braves you know are able to get more wins because they're not having to face the mets and phillies quite as much if it's you know more of the same you know what exactly does that look like does it favor the braves we went through the schedule and it's there were more months where they were playing teams who were contenders than non-contenders but I still think 97 is probably the mark to hit because the Braves and the Mets and the Phillies are still going to beat up on each other a lot. 100 wins is really hard to do, especially two years in a row. So to expect that, I think it's probably, you know, putting a little bit too high of expectation on this team in 2023, even though I think this team is just as good, if not better, going into the season. But 97, that's my win total for the Braves. But what about the player projections for 2023? There's a lot of players who are looking to bounce back, have big years for the Braves. Could be some who regress as well. We'll take a look at those here next. 
It's the midway point of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use, and then you can bet on everything from the money line, point scores, or threes drains if you're looking to bet on the NBA or, as we're talking about, Win totals for the upcoming season. You can bet on that as well over at FanDuel. I gave you the over-under for the Braves this upcoming season. Their win total at 95 and a half. You know, I'm projecting 97. Maybe I should go ahead and bet the over, but um, not much of a gambling man myself. But if you want to, uh, certainly do so responsibly. And you can do that over at FanDuel. And don't miss out on their chance when their no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, that's FanDuel.com slash Locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. I mentioned yesterday we talked about the new schedule balance and whether that favors the Braves. Going up, so going over some games that you can't miss this upcoming season. So again, if you haven't listened, make sure that you go back and check that out. On Monday, we talked about the Rookie of the Year candidate for the Atlanta Braves and who would be the best bet to win that award for the Braves this upcoming season if you want to go give that a listen and then on tomorrow's podcast we're going to talk about be talking about the biggest x factor for the Braves going into the 2020 season 2023 season we'll probably mention a couple there so let me know some of yours I'll ask that on Twitter on Wednesday as well to include that in the podcast but getting into the player projections for the upcoming season for the Atlanta Braves Looking over at fan graphs again and looking at their zips projections, which is usually a pretty good, does a pretty good job of going back, looking at past performances and trying to project what that player will do in the upcoming season. And you look at some of these here, they have Riley slashing 276, 347, 525 with 35 home runs, 104 RBI, 4.8 war. Acuna, 274, 371, 504, 29 home runs, 79 RBI, 28 stolen bases, and 4.5 war. Something to keep in mind on these projections for Acuna. They have him getting much fewer plate appearances than Riley and others because of the time that he's missed the last couple of years. But I think those are solid numbers. I would probably go over on the average for Acuna there. I think he probably hits at least 280 if fully healthy, and I think that on-base percentage could be closer to 400, and I think he gets over 30 home runs. I think he – I hate to put this much pressure on Acuna, but I think he at least gets 30-30 this season, 30 homers, 30 stolen bases. Um, Again, if he's healthy and plays all season long, I think he probably goes over a lot of those numbers. I think those are solid numbers for Riley for sure. Some other more notable um, hitter projections. Michael Harris, 274, 324, 467. I don't expect Michael Harris to be an MVP candidate, but I'd be a little surprised if he's not over that 274, 324 projection for his average and on-base percentage. They have him at 22 home runs as well, 24 stolen bases. I think he gets over 30 steals. I think he is probably mid-20s in the home runs, but I think he's over 280 average-wise, and I think he's over 330 on base percentage-wise. So I would actually take the over on those two numbers. Matt Olson, 259, 353, 512, 36 home runs, 110 RBI, 
4.2 war. I think that's a solid prediction projection for Matt Olson right there. I would take that all day long, and I'm expecting him to have a big season, and I think those numbers would certainly give him that. I would like to see him hit 265. I mean, they got him at 259, but you know, 353 on base, 36 home runs, over 100 runs batted in. Take that all day from Matt Olson. Newcomer Sean Murphy, they project him at 250, 336, 460, 20 home runs, 73 runs batted in, 3.8 more. Uh, again, will be a solid season for Sean Murphy. I think his defensive war probably takes him over four. Ozzy Albies, 270, 321, 471, 22 homers, 81 runs batted in, 11 stolen bases. I think that would be a really good season for Ozzy Albies coming back. If he has an on-base percentage over 320, uh, I will be really happy with that. The Braves, just on offensive alone, I mean, you look right there, there's the potential for five players to have four wins or more, a war of four or more. That is just unheard of. That is a ridiculously deep lineup. Ezra Vaughn Grissom, 254, 324, 374, 12 home runs, 16 stolen bases, 1.9 war. I would actually take the over on those. I just, I can't see Grissom hitting lower than 260. And I really can't see him having an on-base percentage much under 330. I mean, the one thing we know about Vaughn Grissom is that he puts the ball in play and he will take his walks. Even when he was slumping last year, he was still taking his walks and getting on base. So I would actually take the overs on that with Grissom. I do think he's somewhere in the mid-teens, home run-wise and stolen base-wise. And I think he's pretty solid over two war just on his offense alone. So I would take the over on those numbers for Vaughn Grissom. On the pitching side of things, they have Max Fried at a 3.02 ERA, 174 in a third innings, 159 strikeouts. I think that innings marks probably, you know, on on point with where we see him get around 175 innings. I hope the strikeouts are a little bit higher than that. I know he's usually right at, you know, a K per nine, um, but or K per inning rather, but I think that ERA could be even lower. Spencer Strider, they have him at 316 ERA, just 123 innings. Again, small sample size to work off with him, 168 strikeouts. I hope he throws a lot more innings than that. I hope he's over 200 strikeouts again, and I'm pretty sure, I feel pretty confident he would be under a 316 ERA. Kyle Wright, this is a big one here. They they have him at a 3.81 ERA, 152 innings, 144 strikeouts. Again, these projections are taking in the known data that they have, and the data for Kyle Wright before 2022 is not great. So they project him for a 3.81 ERA. I don't think he backslides that much. I have gone on record as saying that I do think he regresses some, maybe from a number two starter to a number three starter, still very good. So I could see him in the 3-5 ERA range, um, but I don't see him falling back that far. As for Charlie Morton, they have him with a 3-6-8 ERA and 158 in the third innings with 173 strikeouts. I think that would be a solid season from Charlie Morton right there. For me with him, it's just the consistency. At times last year, we saw him be the Charlie Morton he can be, and then we saw him give up five runs. You know, it's just there wasn't a lot of in-between for Charlie Morton last season. So just more consistency from him is what I'm hoping for. Now, looking at some of your Twitter responses, 
Uh, Outer Dark says predicts 104 wins. That would be something. And as for newcomer Sean Murphy, 252, 328, 448. I think that'd be a solid first season for Sean Murphy in Atlanta. Austin Webb says 97 wins. And then Ozzy Albies, 274, 310, 802. I think that's a pretty solid projection for Ozzy Albies as well. Again, I'd like to see that on base percentage at least in the 310 range. You know, I'd love to see it up in the 320 area. Kirby D says 94 wins. Riley, 287, 360, 541. So big slugging number there for Austin Riley at 541. I think Kirby D think he thinks he's going over. 40 home runs this year. Cade Harrington says 96 and 66. Michael Harris, 283, 331, 502, 24 home runs, 92 runs batted in, and 33 stolen bases. I like those projections much better for Michael Harris this year. Hunter Mayer says 102 wins, and then Ronald, 295, 400. says 950. I'm assuming that's a projected OPS, in which case I think that's a pretty solid projection for Ronald Acuna Jr. And then the Brothers Braves says 97 wins with Matt Olson slashing 264, 361, 488. I love those numbers for Matt Olson as well. I think the slug could be even higher, but I think that on base percentage, I think it's above 350, and I would love to see him hit over 264. So some great responses. I appreciate all the responses on Twitter. I got a ton of those. Sorry that I couldn't include them all here, but I appreciate so much the feedback that you give me on Twitter. All right, next want to get to some news and notes from Tuesday, including Ian Anderson's outing and Vaughn Grissom having a big day at the plate and in the field. We'll discuss that next. It was a rough first outing for Ian Anderson on Tuesday as he got the Grapefruit League start. Couldn't finish the first inning. They had to pull him out after he gave up a home run to start the game to the very first batter he faced, and then He also gave up a three-run homer later in the inning as well and then had to be pulled. Brought him back out for the second inning, got a couple of batters out, but then walked a batter before getting pulled for good in that game. So a rough start for Ian Anderson. He walked three batters, mentioned the home runs that he gave up, left some pitches out over the middle, one of them being his new slider that got hit out for a home run. This is a quote from Ian Anderson after the game. He said, I've never been good in spring training but this year it means more to me to put up better numbers that's how you make the team you put up good numbers today wasn't a very good step towards that so ian anderson knows what all this means and while we don't put a lot of stock in spring training numbers for players like ian anderson they mean a lot and he knows that and he recognizes that and it's a lot of pressure on him right now to get that done and to take care of business and he wasn't able to do that on Tuesday. So get another start. I believe he himself announced he'd be starting again on Sunday. So it'll be another opportunity for Ian Anderson. Another thing is I mentioned on yesterday's podcast that I thought the twins would throw out their A lineup considering they were at home, but they didn't. There was only one regular in the lineup, maybe two. And one of those was Christian Vasquez. So Again, not a good look for Ian Anderson. He is working on things. The unfortunate thing for him is that he just doesn't have a lot of time to work out some of these kinks that he needs to. And it's why originally I predicted him not to make the opening day roster because I figured he may need more time to make those adjustments down at AAA instead of at the big league level. So 
Right now, it's an overreaction to one star, but I think Bryce Elder is looking more and more like a, a good candidate there, even though he had a bad start the other day. But at least that was against a, a bomb squad of a lineup against the Yankees. So, Michael Soroka, you're up next. Hopefully, he gets healthy soon and we can see him back out here. Or my rookie of the year pick, Dylan Dodd, but still a lot of time left here in spring training, not trying to overreact to the first start by Ian Anderson, but certainly was not the start he was looking for. A big day for Vaughn Grissom, though, which is certainly great to see. Look, I don't worry about him at, at the plate. I just told you in my player project, projections that I would take the over on those projections for Vaughn, Chris, Vaughn Grissom. I'm not really concerned in the least about him at the plate. You know, I am a little worried defensively. And I really shouldn't say worried, just haven't seen a ton of him defensively at the big league level at shortstop. So I just still have questions about that. But on Tuesday, he was three for three at the plate, two runs batted in. And his last two hits, obviously, I'm listening on radio. I don't have the pleasure of being there. His last two hits just sounded loud. And I went and checked the StatCast data. One of the balls was hit 99.7 miles per hour. The other one, 97.5 miles per hour. So they were indeed hit very hard. One of them almost got out. Uh, it was hit off the fence. So certainly great stuff to see from Von Grissom at the plate. And again, listening on radio, but made a couple of nice plays, it sounded like. Three ground balls hit to him, made every play. A couple of them routine. One of them was a nice backhanded play in the hole where she made a strong throw across the diamond for the out. It was the catcher running and Christian Vasquez, but still great to at least hear that for me, uh, for Von Grissom uh, making a couple or getting some more opportunities at least as he only got one in each of his first two games. So right now he's five for five on ground balls if you're keeping track as I am. So great day for Von Grissom, both at the plate and in the field. couple of outfielders that are impressive right now, Eli White and Kevin Pillar. White on Tuesday walked, stole a bag, and scored later, later singled on a ball that was hit 102 mile per, mile, miles per hour off the bat. He has been very impressive so far early in spring training. And with Jordan Luplo still out, you know, he's really taken advantage of this opportunity to become possibly that right handed bat and that right handed complement to Eddie Rosario. Kevin Pilar doing all he can as well. He flew out. But on a ball, he hit pretty deep at 92.2 miles per hour with a 32-degree launch angle early in the game. Ball he just missed. He singled later in the game. A ball hit 105 miles per hour. And then he homered later in the game on a ball hit 96.3 miles per hour with a 37-degree launch angle. So three good swings from Kevin Pillar on Tuesday as well. Made a couple of catches in center field. So he's doing all he can to earn that outfield spot. Michael Tonkin wasn't great on Tuesday. We mentioned uh, Danny Santana getting picked up off waivers. I really thought, you know, Santana and Tonkin were the two guys in the bullpen who were out of options. So it's imperative that Tonkin has a good spring training if he's going to stay on the squad and he may need a spot to open up for him to even have an opportunity. But he gave up a couple runs on two hits and two walks with two strikeouts. Big fastball, but uh, couldn't locate it consistently enough on Tuesday in a couple of balls that got hit hard. Jared Schuster, uh, he had a solid outing on Tuesday. Again, on radio, so not able to get a, a great idea of the stuff that he was throwing. The radar gun was also apparently not working, so we weren't getting any velo reads. 
But two innings, one hit, no walks, no earned, no strikeouts on a day where Braves pitchers were really struggling to find the zone. And Jared Schuster kind of call, calmed things down. So that was great to see for him. As far as some news, we don't have a ton of news on on Tuesday. Jesse Chavez is going to start on Wednesday. So I have that little bit of Braves news. But outside of the Braves, Gavin Lux out for the season with a torn ACL. Really hate to hear that. Braves fans know how tough that injury is, seeing it with Ronald Acuna Jr. a couple of years ago and just the struggles coming back from that. Tyler Glass now has an oblique strain. Really hate it for him. He's not able to stay healthy. Good pitcher for the Rays. And then Joe Musgrove fractured his big toe in a weight room accident. That could actually have some impact on the Braves who face the Padres the first couple of weeks of the season if Musgrove is not ready for that. Um, could be a, a benefit for the Braves there, but certainly hope that he's able to get healthy soon. I thought I was going to have a little bit of breaking injury news for the Braves to announce on this podcast, but didn't get the approval uh, to announce that before we started recording. But look out for that possibly sometime later on Wednesday. Some breaking news for Braves. Nobody on the 40-man roster, but pretty significant injury for a Braves prospect. So look for that on Wednesday. All right, looking into the comment section here, the chat, those who joined live and recording late on Tuesday night. So I appreciate all those who joined live. Um, Kay Chaver says the Braves are going to win more than 91 games. I would agree with that. I think baseball prospectus is way off as they typically are with the Atlanta Braves. It's become a, trish, a tradition now. Uh, but as Corey Carter says, 91 wins would get us, should get us a wild card spot. And I would agree with that. Dogs fan, Pakoda has a vendetta against the Braves. I would agree. They always are very low on the Braves. Hines says, we've seen a setback for Soroka and early struggles from Anderson and Bryce uh, Bryce Elder. Do you think the Braves consider signing Bundy or Minor to a minor league deal just in case none of the three work? I don't. Um, perhaps later in spring training, you know, we get into mid-March and, you know, Soroka still hasn't been able to get all the way back, you know, even if. Kyle Wright, who slowed down a little bit in spring training, uh, looks like he might be delayed. Then perhaps at some point we see them go out and sign a veteran on a minor league deal to bring them in as insurance. But I think there's still enough guys right now that you could throw you know, some guys out there that you feel pretty comfortable with to start the year. Chris Field says Braves end up with exactly 100 wins. I think that would be obviously a great season. Uh, Miguel Freya, as a Braves fan, I think that the Phillies – will get the NL East. I don't want to be negative, but I also think that the Mets will be over the Braves. So you got the Braves in first and third place, Miguel. That is uh, that is quite the pessimistic view there. I hope you are wrong for sure, and I, I believe you will be. I think the Braves will win the East with 97 wins. I think that gets it done. I think the Braves, at the very least, get one of the top two wild card spots. Chris Field says Ronald actually reaches 40-40 this year. Three players with 25-plus steals. Uh, Olsen has a career best year and wins a gold glove. Riley does more of the same. I like those projections much better right there. Uh, Joe Meese says that Zips hates our pitchers. I would agree. I thought they were a little low on you know Max Freed and Spencer Strider and Kyle Wright. But again, it's just taking in the data that it has uh, to put those together, which still don't understand why they were a little bit lower on Freed and Strider. Not that those numbers were bad by any means. 
William Fulgham, Ozuna, Ozuna will do a lot less in the projections when he gets cut before opening day. Hasn't been a great start. I think he struck out three times in six at-bats so far, so not the great start to spring training that Ozuna was looking for or hoping for. Miguel says, I don't trust in projections. Does anyone expect that Ryan Contreras and Strider had amazing seasons? Um, again, I, it, their projections, they are what they are. They're fun to talk about at preseason-wise. Joe Me, how good do Eli White and Kevin Villar have to play for A to be willing to cut Ozuna? I think they have to play pretty well. It's a lot of money for Ozuna, and I know nobody wants to think about that, but it is. It's It would be a tough pill to swallow. It's a contract he signed, by far probably the worst contract that AA has signed, but at some point, I think you got to cut, cut your losses. Bravo's one. Where can I listen to spring training games? 680 doesn't have them. So the Braves, uh, Braves radio on Twitter sent out an announcement of the day. Uh, ben Ingram announced it. I believe on the weekends, it's on 680. The fan in Atlanta and weekdays. I can't remember the radio station that he said they're on, but go look for that tweet if you can. I believe uh, it was Atlanta Braves radio network on Twitter that tweeted that out. If you have the MLB at bat app, you can listen to all the games in there as well. Hines says, we have a ton of left field options. Which do you think would be willing to accept being option to AAA Gwinnett? And which do you think would take a chance elsewhere? So Sam Hilliard is out of options. I think possibly he could be willing to, you know, it wouldn't be up to the Braves at that point, um, but uh, he could get picked up through waivers. Pilar is the one for me that I don't know if he would accept you know, going to AAA, especially if he has a good spring and there's opportunities elsewhere. I don't know that he would accept going to AAA. You know, Eli White has options. He wouldn't have a choice if the Braves wanted to send him down. I believe Jordan Luplo has an option as well. So again, the Braves can send him out down without losing him either. I really just think it's Sam Hilliard. And I'm sorry, I apologize. I'll try to correct this in the comment section on YouTube if I'm wrong. That's out of options. And Pilar, at this point, he's a veteran enough that, you know, he could just say no, uh, even though he is signed on a minor league deal. Um, Doc's card says, man, I missed this show. Thank you, Doc's. I appreciate it. Thank you all again for sticking around and listening to this live. Appreciate all those listening on replay as well. Jack Lynch says, another 101 season. Mets can't get past the Braves. Rarely have in history. Now, let's hope that history repeats itself in 2023. Corey Carter, this team is better than the one that started the season last year. I think they're very close. I, I thought last year's team was better than the World Series team before that, and I still believe that. And I think this team going into 2023 is at least as good, if not better. I definitely don't think they're any worse than last year's team. Uh, the card hobbyist says, Olsen, Riley, or Acuna, who finishes with more home runs? I'm going with Olsen. Uh, that was my prediction a couple of weeks ago. I think Olsen gets to maybe 42, 43 home runs. I think Acuna's probably in the 38-42 range as well. William Fulgham also hit around 340 homers with the shift gone. I don't think his average will jump that much. I think he's – if he gets over 260, I think that would be a, a big benefit. If he gets over 270, I think that would be incredible. But I don't think he gets quite near 300, even with the shift going away. It's at most going to give him 15 more hits. Um, but I do think it'll be great. Um, Corey Carter says 92.9. I don't know if that's the radio station that's, uh, carries the game in Atlanta in the midweek, but 
Uh, there you go, Hines, or um, I'm sorry, Bravo's one who was looking for that answer. Jack Lynch, if Ozuna's back in form, it'll be great. Uh, yeah, it would be. I'm not holding my breath on that one. And then Jack Lynch also says, will Mentor be the closer? I don't think so. I think it'll be Rysel Iglesias. I think he'll get the bulk of the opportunities to close out games this season for the Braves. Speaking of closing out things, we're going to close out this episode. Thank you so much for listening to Lock On Lockdown Braves and making us your first listen of each and every day. Now go make your second listen to Locked On MLB Prospects podcast where host Lindsey Crosby is talking about the biggest stars of tomorrow. Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. You can follow me at shorts.ball. Also, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 